a DJ. If a DJ spin records, you don't spin records. You're not a disc jockey. You don't play in clubs. You don't play shows. You, you download music off the internet and you cut them up and you put them together to make one shitty song. Okay. This race that we are all a part of is a hybrid race. We were genetically created by an extraterrestrial intelligence. How do you tell them? You're in a world that isn't at all what you think of. You are living at the moment inside one of the galaxy's finest, ripest zoological gardens. Time to hear the results.
they will get you. Who will get you? Aliens under the Mesa. Been here long before us, I was told. Long before us. And we never noticed them because they did all this so long ago. They've dug themselves in. They're already embedded. One of our presidents made a treaty. It's supposed to be Eisenhower. In exchange for technology and for us not to go back to the moon or something, they agreed to give people to them to do their experiments. I know that they're supposedly mixing with our seed and they have to have a place to house that embryo. At a certain point, they remove it from the cattle. They're just growing babies, babies. That's sickening. They're growing babies, babies. Safest way to grow babies, babies. Sight unseen, babies, babies. Come out of these cattle. Babies, babies, come out of these cattle. Babies, babies, come out of these cattle. Babies, babies, come out of these cattle. I was told this is our fourth time. This is the fourth time. Supposedly, they had this experimental crossbreed society, and we're number four. Supposedly, technology before us was way further advanced than what we are now, but it's eliminated. We can't even find it, and they want to eliminate us. But why? Because we cannot be controlled. Everything that we do is destructive. We're just going down the same path. I think the whole goal is they want a better society. They want a better human hybrid. The Kunia Tunnel is underground, buried in the mountain. Everything anybody ever says on a phone, on a computer, those guys are down there and they're listening to everything. And there's one spot in there that this lieutenant was telling us about that he worked in, and it was called Otherworldly Communications. He's like, there's only eight of us. No enlisted. We're all linguists just officers. And I remember seeing them. They were wearing black uniforms. Only thing on their sleeve was a blue circle with a red pointer coming up the top on the left arm. We were told they were a space program. A space program? What the hell is a space program? Come on now. And he said that we have been doing this for a very long time. We're already traveling in space and there is a dialect and we do have linguists that understand the dialect. So then, two weeks later, a couple of guys I knew that worked in the Cunea Tunnel, I pulled aside and I said, that lieutenant said there's a place called otherworldly communications. And they said, there is, man. We can't even go in the hallway. They said that there were some artifacts from, God, who knows how long ago that were extremely important and they were from other civilizations that came to Earth and started the whole program. whole program? We went to Iraq because we wanted to plunder some kind of artifact they were looking for. He confirmed this. One of the officers said, this is our fourth time, fourth civilization on Earth that has been this far or even further along than we are. Let's just hope we make it. What does that mean? <laughs> hope we make it? Who's someone going to take us all out? And he indicated with his eyes that, yeah, <laughs> we could be taken out if we do it wrong. I wish I would have asked more questions. So then after all this, I'm home. And I live two blocks from the ocean. I'm in a gated subdivision. You have to have a con to get in. I'm still talking about Hawaii. I'm outside washing my motorcycle. The kids are playing. I heard something. And I look up, and there's a craft sitting above the neighborhood just next to mine. I sent you the pictures. It was that bent V shape. I don't remember seeing anything like this in any briefings or anything. And I grabbed my phone, and I took some pictures. The pictures I sent you are the best I could get them. Every time I would take them, they were screwing up. I'd check them, i take it, and it was like distorted. Why are my pictures going so crazy? I managed to get three good shots, but my phone was almost inoperable the whole time this thing was around. So for about 45 minutes, this craft just sat there. Not a sound. It didn't move at all. Then you could hear two jets coming. Behind me on my left, to my right, two Blackhawks were coming. And this thing started to move. And it was so quiet, it was like 
it just subtly drifted towards Diamond Head. And as the jets got closer and the helicopters got closer, this thing was like, gone. And you could see it, but you could tell it's miles away instantly. And it went straight down into the water. What the hell did I just see? There's another one. So now they got this search party going. They all went out where it went, and they circled through the night. Whatever went in the water, they were desperately trying to find it. I got pictures of this thing. I took my pictures back to the base. I had made copies of them, just in case. And then I got a call to the office of the CO. So I stand at attention. Specialist, did you bring your cell phone with you? No, sir, I did not. One of them said, if you ever take a picture of anything like that again and you do not report to me, I'll take care of you. You're dismissed. Whatever happened was so devastating or traumatic for him that he would have to drink. He let me know that he couldn't talk because our home was tapped. So it was better to take a drive step out of the car for a moment after he drove quite a ways. He came in the door, and I can see on his face that something had happened. I'd seen it before, but he wouldn't talk about it. He was the flight chief over all of this base, so I just said, I need to know. And he leaned over to me and whispered those reptilians. And it took me a while. I figured out that it was literally <laughs> some kind of intelligent reptilian that he was working with. And then he just went into the drinking. From that point on, he was not happy in his heart. He didn't leave. He didn't want to go out of the house. It became very difficult for him and for myself. And I knew he was struggling with it and he was angry about it. I would say within a month, the space shuttle came and landed it. I think they stored it there for a time, and it was just parked out on one of the landing trips. The very first time he really had me go with him anywhere, he said, get in the truck, I'm going for a ride. So I said, okay. I went with him, and the first place he took me was out in the desert near the space shuttle. And then he drove me towards the tarmac. We went towards these groupings of hangars, huge hangars. It was a place for testing different rockets and jets. And he parked near one, and he just kind of nodded to me to get out. I wasn't sure what to do, but I just followed him. I was his wife, and he just walked in, and nothing was said, and I just went straight in. And as we got into the hangar, he went to the right, and there was just a wall, and it looked like an elevator might be there. It had a steel door across it, and he put in a code, and it opened, and sure enough, it's an elevator, and we went quite a ways. We ended up on a particular floor, sure we went past many floors, but as we got off the elevator, there was vast caverns. You could go to the right and left. So we walked down one particular cavern, and as we got down a ways, he stopped. We got in this one area. You could say like little offices, but everything is cement. He just leaned against the wall to the left, and he kind of nodded to me to look in the window. And I reached up, I looked in, and it almost stopped my heart. There was a reptilian being. So 
Please give a warm welcome to Phil Schneider. I'll start from the beginning. I worked 17 years for the United States government as a geologist and aerospace engineer as well as a structural engineer. I carried a level three security clearance with a rhyolite factor. Rhyolite is a hardened factor, only given out to a handful of civilians and maybe a couple of hundred military men worldwide. I worked for Morrison Knudsen, Bechtel, Page and Page, Aerospecial of France, EG&G. Uh, Co-invented uh, methods of shape charge blasting as well as uh, laser rock deflagration. Worked 11 years of the 17 years at Groom Lake, uh, S4, S2, in the Nellis uh, Air Force Base area. Let me give you a brief overview. Back in 1909, the U.S. Cavalry was engaged in uh, catching some banditos that had crossed over the Mexican border into a place called Truth of Consequences, New Mexico. And they went into a cave and killed the so-called bandits, but what they found they couldn't explain. And uh, they were called horseshoe craft at that time, or uh, horseshoe ships. There were UFOs, and they uh, saw these, what they called demons gray demons all around the place. Now in 1933, our government was actively engaged with the French and the English in uh, aerial phenomena. They were fully known about as early as 1935 or 36 by our U.S. Navy. Also in 1946, we were engaged in uh, atomic bomb tests and uh, there was a shallow underwater base at Bikini Island and that was the one reason why a number of atomic bombs bombs were exploded in that area rather than other areas where it could have been even more remote out in the South Pacific. My work as a geologist in building underground military bases, some of which are over two miles underground. Incidentally, I helped work on 13 uh, notorious Del Say in New Mexico in the Los Alamos uh, laboratory regions where we built some hermetically sealed rooms that were very deep. Uh, going down over a mile. Um, we also built uh, an additions onto uh, uh, Groom Lake and S2 and S4 complexes. They're called DUMBs. D-U-M-B stands for Deep Underground Military Base. These underground bases are roughly uh, uh, over three of them per state. They average about four and a quarter cubic miles hollowed out underground an average depth of 5,700 feet underground. Each one of these military bases, by the way, these underground military bases, they cost somewhere between 17 and 26 billion dollars. They employ 1,800 to 10,000 workers each. They uh, gobble up over one quarter of the black budget, or roughly 310 billion dollars. We're being lied to at every turn and every corner. We're not being told the truth. Remember, what you're being told is only just a smattering of the truth. It's not the real truth. Maybe it's 5% of the truth. Maybe it's not even that. 
you can rest assured it's not you're not getting much. Just imagine if you're only being told a five percent or less of the truth, uh, that isn't very much to go on. I do ask you to go out and do your homework and keep doing it. Don't necessarily believe in what I'm saying, but get out there and and talk to people. Whether it's just a couple of neighbors or friends or, or something, get out there and talk. Because one will tell two and two will tell four and then pretty soon you have a whole room full of people that are in the know. And then from there, wonders can work. I you. like big butts and I can't fly. Oh, God damn can't. Jesus Christ, that's all fucking day, it seems. Wow. <laughs> I gotta set this down for a second. I'll be right back. Okay. 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 okay, let's roll. I think uh, anyone who hasn't experienced a mystery at all knows that there is uh, a dimension in the universe that is not available to his senses. You know, there's something there that's much bigger than the human dimension and i think that's what it is it's the realization of wonder and the experience of tremendous power what does that do to faith well the tough one about faith you are a man of faith you're a man of wonder i don't have to have faith i have experience and she runs through the trees with a smile on her face And she runs and she waves And I wave
Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Former government scientist has alleged that the U.S. military is flying recovered UFOs at a secret base in the Nevada desert. The bottom of it glowed blue and began to hiss, like high voltage does on a on a round sphere. It's my impression that uh, the reason that they're round and have no sharp edges is to contain the high voltage. Like uh, if you've seen on high voltage systems, insulators, things are round or else you get a corona discharge. In, in, in either case, it began to hiss and it lifted off the ground quietly, except with that little hiss in the background, and then that stopped as soon as it reached about 20, 30 feet. No propeller, no noise. It's just, for all intents and purposes, magic. I did not believe that this should be a security matter. Some of it, sure, but just the concept that there's definite proof we even have articles from another world another system i got to look inside and i think that was the first confirmation i had that was just a shocking thing because every time before that i was able to, well this is just oh, a little advance that a group of scientists had formed and you know they're keeping it secret you know we could have adapted these to make it fly but why does it have little furniture inside <laughs> Yeah. <sighs>